frights from the page to the screen, today on Podcast Magoria. Welcome to another episode of Podcast Magoria. I'm James. And I'm Autumn. Ooh. <laughs> and today. Oh, I, I just wasn't sure what the vibe was there. That's why I had to question myself. It's, it's a roller coaster of emotion in one sentence. Um, that's right, folks. Today we are doing a review of the newest Junji Ito TV series miniseries who knows if it's going to have another season <laughs> i don't know um so a, a, a quick little snippet you didn't uh, even say the name of the show ah who knows <laughs> who knows <laughs> who knows no uh the full title is junji ito maniac japanese tales of the macabre you know hmm. rolls off the tongue <laughs> well you know um before all these one name uh, titles for his collections they were stuff like you know the horror world of junji ito yeah. and tales of the macabre and stuff like that so i i think it like i think i, I guess my problem with it <laughs> <laughs> this is i'm gonna just shit all over this <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> now, um, i guess like my the thing is with the with the title of the show is that it's junji ito maniac Mm-hmm. And it's just Junji Ito colon maniac or mm-hmm. like yeah. I think there's too many titles in one title here. Oh, oh yeah. Like yeah. or maniac colon Japanese tales of the macabre from Junji Ito. Something like that. Like yeah. if you want his name Junji Ito's Japanese Tales of the Macabre, like there's a lot of other combinations that could have happened. Yeah, yeah. This one because it makes it sound like his name the, his name is Junji Ito Maniac. Right, right. Like Junji a, Ito, the maniac. Is he a maniac? <laughs> he wants to believe he is, but he's actually just a sweet little yeah. puppy of a man. Yeah. We're coming in crazy on this one. We're the maniacs. Um, I guess so. Yeah, because we've in a previous episode we full on discussed Junji Ito's works, mm-hmm. a little bit of his history and stuff like that and yeah. stuff. And so, uh, you know, if you want to hear a little bit more about. His mangas and, and all that kind of stuff. That that's the episode to go with. And how much Junji uh, means to me. Yeah, yeah, very influential for you. Um, <laughs> it, it it is funny though that um, we reviewed Maniac before we reviewed um, the first Junji Ito collection. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I wanted to do it a- out of order. <laughs> I mean, and and we'll eventually get to that. I just. Um, Man, it's gonna be really hard to rewatch that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, speaking of that one, this uh, this series was uh, made by the same studio, Studio Dean, mm-hmm. um, who has done a, t- a ton of different anime yeah. and such. And, and I don't think necessarily in a lot of the other facets they've done a, a poor job. But for some reason, this one, like, Junji's stuff doesn't translate well, I think, to this studio's particular style. Yeah, um, at least the way that they decide to color things yeah. doesn't make any sense for his works. Especially because of the fact that, okay, like, you know, I guess we'll dabble a little bit into, like, the manga style and stuff. So then we can kind of discuss the series. So we can kind of, for those that don't know. Right. Um, you know, his his mangas are, you know, black and white. Very like there's some there's some that are color. Like are are have uh color parts to yeah, them. But they're like watercolor or pencil yeah, color. Yeah, he uses mostly like pastels, yeah. watercolors, stuff like that. But he's extremely detailed. Yes. Um and that of course doesn't translate well to animation because you can't necessarily put all these like little hatch lines on yeah. stuff and whatnot, which unfortunately takes away from a lot of um, what's horrifying about Junji's art. Yeah, yeah. Well, because uh, there's something about his like raw 
controlled raw, I guess, uh, style yeah, yeah. that adds to that macabre like feel. Yeah, and, yeah. And and there's a lot of other you know manga artists and stuff uh, that we've seen over the years that get an adaptation that mm-hmm. maybe because of studios cutting corners or maybe they don't understand the coloring or they they don't put in as much depth uh to it that right. ends up, it ends up kind of looking very flat you know a great example on my end is uh berserk mm-hmm. where you know the original series looks great because it was hand drawn and it's and, and they took their time with it and then the newer series is all computer animated and yeah it's, it's it's very flat. Which, I mean, you know, they went back and redid a lot of it. And yeah. um, those parts look fantastic. Oh, yeah. If only they had done the entire <laughs> series like that. Yeah. And and that's kind of what we're running into with this. Yeah. Collection. I will also say, like, besides the coloring being off-putting, um, another thing that I find really just, like, why did they choose to do this is a lot of the the big horror images that um, Junji puts in these stories where it's supposed to be like the shocking page of, oh my gosh, this is really horrifying. They, they put those scenes in the show, but they don't make them like as horrifying as they are in the comic. And I think a lot of it has to do with, they still put the people's like irises in their eyes. Yeah. They don't have like, I'll just uh, bring up an example, like um, the ice cream truck episode Mm -hmm. with the kids licking the ice cream. All the kids still have like their wild eyes with the irises, but I swear in the manga or in the short story, like they don't have anything in their eyes. And yeah. that's what Junji likes to do a lot is have just plain white eyes. And I don't know why they didn't put that in the show. Yeah. I, I feel like there was a missed opportunity with a lot of the big reveals um, in mm-hmm. these stories where you're right. I, I hadn't even really thought about how a lot of his collections when it's the grand reveal or the scariest thing, it's mm-hmm. a it's a two page panel. Yeah, it's usually either one big page or two pages. And yeah. and yeah, like and so how that is usually handled in a lot of other anime that's adapting, you know, manga, which is almost all of it. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but um, but how they usually handle it is it's a still, and like the camera like kind of sweeps across the still image while there's like sounds or whatever yeah yeah and i i'm i know it's kind of a played out trope but at the same time it's incredibly effective and even if you look at um some of the dc animated film adaptations Mm -hmm. they do that yeah they do the when they are recreating an epic shot or an epic panel from a comic that they're adapting they do the freeze on that for just a moment yeah yeah you know and i mean shit even like films do that where you get that you know either like a the cover art or, mm-hmm. or something like that where it'll you get that fan service or whatever yeah and um i guess since i know the short stories so well um you know i i know when these spots are supposed to be coming up so it's obvious to me and yeah. Um, like in the first episode of the Hikizuri siblings, um, you know, when, um, the ectoplasm's coming out of the brother's mouth. Yeah. Like that's the panel in the comic and (laughs) it's just so flat (laughs) in the show. Um, another one of course is, um, they do the photograph, the Tomie, um, story and, a big panel that's very like it's iconic is seeing uh that picture of Tomie with like her face like coming out of the side and her Mm. all like twisted looking and they kind of show it in the show but they don't dwell on the photograph enough well also um and 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 i have not so uh listeners to give you kind of an idea of how this is going to play out um I've not read pretty much any of the manga that was adapted for this series. Mm-hmm. I had read a good chunk of the ones that were in the prior one. Yeah, um, yeah, because those most of those um, are in like these newer collections that yeah. are coming out. Most of these stories, um, 
Of course, we're published in the horror world of Junji Ito back in the day, but most of them were actually in the um, American translations, which was um, Museum of Horror. Yeah. Which uh, the first two were Tomie, finished up Tomie with the second one, I think, and then went into the short stories for like the second half of the second volume into the third volume. And so most of these came from that. So it was nice to finally see them be animated because they're like some of his oldest stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and so like, um, obviously, um, if you haven't caught on from listening, Autumn is the, is a Junji pro <laughs> that has read all the stuff, knows, you know, very well. So it's going to be interesting as we're discussing this series um seeing the two points of view because i'm basically johnny public over here yeah um yeah yeah, i'm very i am familiar with his stuff like i have read a good chunk of it i can't believe i've okay the other day i figured out that james i've had uzumaki and tomie on the shelf all these years Uh and he still hasn't read them and i was flabbergasted (laughs) I don't know why I haven't. I just because I've read all the other little volumes, but um, I guess it's it's a because those are such iconic um, Junji properties that I've been holding off on them. Mm-hmm. And it's also weird because the fact, like, if you think about this, it's like not only have I not read those, but it's weird because of the fact I've watched these animes. Mm-hmm. Cause we have like you know, not for the show, but we have watched some of the previous show. Um, I feel like you watched one of the Tomie movies with me, Well, no, too. yeah. Like, well, because we own, like, the collection of Tomie, uh, Tomie movies. And, yeah. And I've watched at least the first one, if not the second one. Yeah. And I've watched Uzumaki. Yeah. So we've reviewed Uzumaki. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so he doesn't know the real ending. <laughs> I don't know any of the stuff. Ah! So Yeah. So um, I'm just the dumb public. Uh, <laughs> so... That definitely, like, and, and we're not going to do a whole lot of deep digging into every single episode. Yeah. Because a lot of it doesn't have enough, like, material to begin with. Yeah, I just want to touch on, like, you know, at least the first episode. Yes. We'll um, start with that and then kind of, that branches it. Because everything we need to say about the show, you could pretty much sum up from the first episode. Exactly. Exactly. And then and then from there we can just kind of talk about our fate our 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 our, our cheers and jeers as TV guide would put it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, we've already kind of gotten into that, but yeah. um So yeah, let's go ahead and start with uh the first episode, which is uh the strange Hikazari siblings the seance. Mm. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and say <laughs> that I really wish they had either done this as a two-parter where mm-hmm. it was both the chapters of um, the siblings yeah. because the first story gives you such a much better idea of these characters, like how strange a family this is. You kind of get to see the sister before she's like completely horrible, yeah. like the little sister. And plus the end of the first story is so hilarious. So I'm like, why did they miss out on, on that opportunity? Yeah. And then like we just get kind of thrusted into um, the second story, which they kind of touch on the first story at the beginning it's kind of referencing the first story but it's still just like ah, it's not the grand reveal darn yeah. it we well, yeah, you don't uh, get a whole lot like it's it's amazing how they inexplicably started the series with basically going into the middle of a story yeah yeah um and it as far as tone goes It's weird. It's a weird tone to start the show with. Yeah. I had to go back and make sure that the first story wasn't in the previous animated series because I was like, well, maybe that's what they did and that's why they're throwing us into it. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Um, Second of all, this episode right here definitely showed me that you have to watch this show in Japanese. Yeah. Um, because the American voice actors, like, I'm not putting them down for their voice work because they're very good voice actors, 
But for Junji's stuff, um, I feel like all of the voice acting brought the humor forward a little too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Junji's stories are creepy forward, but with the hidden humor in it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I've, I've not, uh, when it comes to anime, um, I'm not the, the most, I'm not a purist. I, I don't like, I don't mind watching sub or dub. Right. Like, I, I definitely don't throw my nose up to, to dubbing. However, I definitely agree that with this story in particular, because some of the other stories, I think that the, the, the dubbing is fine. Like yeah. I think that the story holds its own pretty well. Yeah. But um, like the library, I think that like uh, library, library was vision good. Or whatever. Yeah. That yeah. It good. was good either way. Um, But, but this one, yeah. Like it, you just kind of go, okay, well, this is obviously a big goofy show. Yeah. I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> and um, and I really wish that there because there's not really a whole lot of information about the production of the show online. Mm-hmm. It's it's genuinely challenging to find like the proper like episode listing. Like the Wikipedia right. just got updated because when I was starting to start write my notes and stuff for this episode, um, the Wikipedia page didn't even have the like episode listing with the descriptions of the episodes it was just here's all the stories that's it and that's how a lot of even like the junji uh collection wiki page Mm -hmm. like it it doesn't have them in order it has them out of order yeah it's really bizarre um and then even with those when you click on them like you don't get the because i wanted to talk a little bit about like comparing them between the show versus the manga and all that kind of stuff which we're going to do naturally through your conversation Mm -hmm. but there was like a lot of stuff i'm like was this produced in a month did they just really like what happened here (laughs) even though i think it had been in production for at least two years and and yet there's not a whole lot of paper trail for it there's Mm -hmm. no i mean and i was really wanting to understand why did they come to this conclusion why didn't they just make it into the second season of the of the first run of the show right right it's the same studio it doesn't make sense yeah i don't i i guess because netflix was putting it out um... i guess yeah because the other one i think was a Crunchyroll original exclusive and so that's probably a contractual you're not wrong on that like i think that's probably the fact but back to this episode. Yeah. And, and more of the failures of presentation. Yeah. Um, I just, I, back to the voice acting, mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, I, of course, the Japanese um, voice actors are going to have, they know the vibe mm-hmm. a little better. Yeah. Than I think what the American voice actors, because as I said, it was more humor forward with the American voice acting. And this was also the introduction to, oh, my God, the coloring work is crap. Because why did they give the younger brother, like, gradient um, green hair? Yeah, yeah. It's, again, it's it's kind of drawing because of the fact that the rest of it's kind of washed out. And then you have this really, really, really vibrant color Mm -hmm. amongst. And and that, like, that was was the first indication, uh uh-oh. We might be in trouble here because initially, before you see that character, it's like, okay, cool. Everything's pale. Everything's kind of like, mm-hmm. this is, you know, it's still a little flat, but at least they got the coloring. You know, it doesn't need to be bright and colorful. Yeah. yeah. And then that character hits the screen. You're like, geez, like you go blind a little bit. From <laughs> yeah. it. It, it, and speaking of coloring and stuff, you had brought up something to me. Um, oh yeah, and you're in you watching it the second time around in Japanese. Yeah, because uh, I was like, I have to go back and watch that in Japanese. I cannot. Yeah. Stick with just the dub. I've got to see if it's different. And um, whenever I went back and watched it, it seemed like it looked better, but I was watching it on a different TV. So yeah. I'm wondering if it depends on tv to tv what it looks like yeah because especially the seance part of this episode um with the candles and everything 
it looked spooky. Mm -hmm. It looked proper. Yeah. And I'm like, I know they didn't go back and already redo the animation right. for this show. Yeah. yeah Netflix <laughs> has already abandoned this. <laughs> right. <laughs> very fickle. So. Yeah. Without going into too much about the actual like episode itself, um, because I, like, you know, I'll even say it coming out of the gate, you know, early on in this episode, um, I, I want people to still watch it. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't want to get too spoilery. Spo yeah. Spoily. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it it's a cool story because, you know, it kind of shows like old school um, seances with the, you know, the cloth ectoplasm mm -hmm. coming out of the mouth yeah. and all of that. Um, essentially, this strange family, their parents died and they're trying to get their parents back and the dad ends up possessing the oldest brother, the creepiest brother. Yeah. Which, if we had done the first freaking chapter, we would know more about the creepy twins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, you're, there's no connection to these characters yeah. at all. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, the rest of the episodes from this point on, for the most part, I mean, there's a, there's a handful of episodes where it's just the one story, and then there's a, and then a good chunk of them are two short stories. Like, yeah. Like, shorter stories. Yeah. So why didn't they do this episode as, like... The two. A, yeah, the two. They could have easily cut some stuff out to make it, like, all one complete yeah. story. Yeah, or Urgh. or if they would have introduced, like, they could have done a the first episode be the first half. Mm -hmm. And then maybe, like, another, like, little short for a completely different thing and then maybe the next episode or a couple episodes later yeah revisit because they all they do, they do that. that with soichi yes. yeah and so um it's kind of a confusing thing now to move move things along uh to the second episode and i don't want to like and again we're not going to go episode to episode too much but the reason why i bring this one up is because this should have been the first episode yeah um because it's creepy yeah. um it it gives you a good idea of the kind of horror that Junji Ito likes to do, yeah. which is very like stuff you would not think about. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this is also one of my favorite stories. It, it's um, one of my favorites too, just because it is legit horrifying. Yeah. Um. Uh. And that is it's it's uh the story of the mysterious tunnel. It hits a lot of different angles mm -hmm. that. I didn't initially when I first watched it and then I was going back to like reflect on it and stuff like I didn't take into consideration a lot of things. And what I think is beautiful about the story and what I think is very good for Junji's writing is the fact that the monster or the dire situation isn't whatever it is on the surface doesn't necessarily mean that that's actually what the story is about mm -hmm. because um the story is about despair. Yeah. And even though the mysterious tunnel, spoiler alert, is like, you know, absorbing people <laughs> in a horrifying way. Yeah. What it's really about is the effects of one person's action mm -hmm. swallowing everyone around them. Right. And it's really beautiful. Like, yeah. and, and, and sad, <laughs> but presented in such a absolutely crazy fashion mm -hmm. you know with a supernatural element and such but um it is it like it rose to the top uh very quickly oh. uh as far as like you know i like junji's stuff fine mm -hmm. but um this one was one of the ones that i was just like this means a lot like, yeah this means a lot to me like this like, I, I, re I recognize this as something that is way bigger than just the story and a lot of people probably could relate to it or or kind of mm. feel it yeah and so that's why i like it so much wow yeah yeah this one wow yeah, <laughs> yeah i never went that deep into the story because i'm just like oh my gosh the tunnel is absorbing people that's creepy yeah no it's it's <laughs> it's so much more like because the fact that it was it's about the kids being affected by mm -hmm. the loss of their mother yeah and and like yeah it's mm -hmm. it's it's a lot i think my favorite part of the whole story though is um at the beginning when all the kids are exploring the tunnel the first time and the little boy gets scared because he feels a drip on his head and they're mm -hmm. all like <laughs> 
why why would you think it's blood it's not blood it couldn't be blood that's silly and then later on when the one boy goes and explores again there's actually blood dripping on yeah. him yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I love that yeah and, and that's the thing is the fact that all beautiful writing aside the horror side of it is really cool. It's great yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and then the secondary story for this episode is ice cream truck as you referenced earlier yes um, um it's a... <laughs> just a weird little junji story yeah. where kids end up turning into ice cream because they get too addicted to it it's it's a it's a goosebumps. It's a goosebumps. It's a yeah. It'd be easily uh, an Are You Afraid of the Dark? It's it. That is such yeah. a tight little fun tale that would be like I don't you. It could be developed into a longer story. It could, but it I think need to. I think it was good the length that they did it because yeah. it is one of the shorter ones. It's just a few pages, and I will say though. Not very happy with how they did the uh, color work on Mr. Ice Cream Man. Yeah. Like, he's handsome, sure, mm-hmm. but did he have to be a white-haired, yellow-eyed anime boy? Right. Like, couldn't we have just, like, had him have... Because I feel like Genji's work, it's, like, a lot of natural hair colors well, and yeah. stuff like that. Like, I, it... I think that a lot of it is... Again, because it's black and white most of the time. Right. Um, you can kind of just visualize what it should be. Yeah. Or or I guess it's left up to the reader yeah. as to what it is. Yeah, but when you see his coloring work, yeah. you see that he uses like natural hair colors yeah. that you see quite commonly in Japan. And sometimes it's kind of it's surprising. Yeah, like, um, like the girl char- from Uzumaki having red hair and then yeah. brown hair. Yeah. Like, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's definitely a like yeah, the fine example where it's just you think oh well no I I, I thought she'd be just brunette or whatever and, mm-hmm. and then yeah there's a change there and mm-hmm. such but yeah ice cream truck episode like yeah yeah <laughs> it's, I, fun. I, it's a funny episode thought he would be at least blonde right but what do I know um. Yet again, though, the Japanese version, way better, the American, because yeah. the kid, I don't know what they did with the voice acting for the kids in this series when it came to the American dub, but they were making sure that the kids were too annoying. Yeah, yes. Too annoying. Yeah. <laughs> that um moves us on to our next episode, which was... The big episode that everybody was uh, freaking out about before this show even came out. And Mm -hmm. that's because it's a very, very iconic story by Mr. Ito. And that is uh, Hanging Balloons. Yeah. It's such a strange story. Yeah. That one is another one, though, that, like, it's a really, really bizarre concept. But Who would ever think of that? But... It's also, again, the flip side of it, of what it actually is, mm-hmm. of being, like, your life being taken by, you know, the avatar mm-hmm. of your ego of or of your false self. Right. You know, like, it's, it's, it's such a well... It, I, I absolutely love that. Like, and it's another one, though, that, like, initially you look at it and you go, okay... People are being killed by b- balloon versions of their heads. Right, right. And also you can't kill the balloons or you die. In the same way that you killed the l- yeah. balloon. So, it, yeah, one girl, she throws like a spear through her own head and then her head just all of a sudden pops and yeah. like all the air comes out. Like, it's, it's, it's great. It's insane. It's, a dream. It's, it's like a weird dream. Right. But, but then again, like... When you start kind of going, well, what does this actually mean? That's when it's just like, oh, yeah. Like, because you can't ultimately, as much as you would love to get rid of whatever persona that you outwardly put out mm-hmm. towards people's perceptions or whatever, you can't. You can't kill that beast. Yeah. Like, that will always be around. Like, yeah. knocking at the window. You that's know? you. That's you. Unfortunately, that is that giant, horrible thing. <laughs> is is you you're tethered to it yeah and, and i love that yeah like, and, and maybe i read in, into these too much <laughs> but these, these are this is how i interpret that to make sense out of it that that's how i always saw that story too 
Um, well, again, it's it starts with the girl, the, girl the, that, the famous girl yeah, killing herself, yeah, yeah, collapsing under the pressure of her false persona. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the hint. Like, and I think that a lot of these weird, um, the weirder Junji stories, I think that all of them have like the initial thing that is letting you in on the joke, right. And if you miss it, then the rest of it's just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I think that's why, I do think that's why a lot of people end up not like liking his work because they just don't. They don't get it. They don't get it. They're just like, why, why is this scary? Yeah. And it's just like, well, because there's a lot of facets here. And if you just let it in, if you just absorb it and, Mm -hmm. and like really just, you know, let it roll around, gestate on it. And sometimes from the, the first time you see it or whatever, Initially, you might not, no matter how much you might be a fan or how much you might think that you know, mm-hmm. initially you might not get it. And then down the road, you might just think about it and go, holy crap, like this whole concept is insane. Right. Um, I, I'm really curious, though, because like on the other side, of course, I'm thinking about the society yeah. and I'm like, where did these come from? Yeah. First of all, happen? how did this transpire because i mean it just happens so fast Mm -hmm. like even in the short story like it happens so fast yeah and after everybody's picked up by their balloon head like what happens after that yeah is it just the balloon heads going around uh living day to day having to do jobs i don't know yeah like (laughs) making balloon sounds (laughs) squeak (laughs) (laughs) all right um to kind of move along, and we're going to gloss over a few of the ones uh, coming up, uh, but, well, but, but the we, next one. Yeah, why don't we kind of talk about um, kind of all the Soichi yeah. stories together oh, since yeah. this is a Soichi one? Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> oh God. Okay, so if you guys are not familiar with Soichi... Just a little uh, mischievous brat, but yeah. we love him. Yeah, he's he's a little spooky kid. He's what I think a lot of our listeners thought they were when they were children. Because yeah. I definitely I identify with Soichi oh, so much. Definitely, yeah. Because he's just a little stinker. Yeah, that he's just he thinks that everything is is paranormal or everything yeah. is, and, and that he can use black magic and all yeah. this other stuff. But everything always backfires on him so bad. Yeah, and and so in the first one, it it's you know it, it is flat out um, like a brother's having a sitcom dispute. Yeah, where he because like Suichi's like, oh, there's there's ghosts in the attic and and all that stuff. I'm not stomping around up there. It's not me. It's gotta be ghosts. And and then eventually the brothers in his room trying to study, and all of his stuff starts floating around, and it's like, oh shit, maybe Suichi's right. Maybe there is a poltergeist. (laughs) But then he quickly notices the strings attached <laughs> and Soichi is in his closet. He's got a pulley system. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, well, the ghosts are tired. So I'm giving them some rest. It's just like, <laughs> what bullshit? <laughs> yeah. It, it's really fun um, to get away from Soichi's noise and stuff. Um, the mom ends up hiring a contractor to soundproof the brother's walls uh, this, of course, backfires in a huge way. But I want to talk about the, the carpenter. <laughs> it's Soichi's friend, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Come on. Because it's another creep. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, okay, Autumn. Like, I've not read any of the Soichi. Um, oh, this guy doesn't show up ever again. And nothing else. Now, um, his color scheme, his the style of the character as a whole... I- is the most jarring. He, yeah, peculiar. he is so weird looking. He looks like one of those weird characters that kind of pop up in like a Legend of Zelda game. You know what I mean? That have yeah. like just has a geometric shapes on his face. Like, yeah, just um, don't know why scarring all over his face. Uh, yeah. I think because there's so many like weird little things introduced in the Soichi stories. I think that since this was Soichi's friend, essentially. Mm-hmm. I think it's just supposed to be one of those weird instances where, as the reader, you're supposed to go, okay, where does Suichi find this guy? Is this a guy that he 
either literally dug up or yeah, right. is it a, a demon? Like, yeah. you know, your 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 imagination kind of goes running wild yeah. when you're trying to f- figure out a backstory for this guy. Yeah. I guess in a way, um, you, your, like the viewer is a victim of Soichi's pranking. Yeah, because you never know what's actually real and what's actually yeah. not with um, him. <laughs> and and to to go from that to the secondary story, which is actually how the series ends, um, <laughs> it's um, a delightful story of the family getting a cat. Yeah, and Soichi <laughs> hates that cat at yes. first until... Until, yeah. <laughs> it's just so insane it's such a fun i love it so much and we know like junji is a, is a cat aficionado yes uh-huh. yes uh so so it's just fun him kind of throwing in his natural like for cats to begin mm-hmm. with uh, but seeing the cat become basically possessed with the same energy that soichi has being a, a little terror yeah is really funny especially because of the fact that like how the story ends is Soichi getting his comeuppance mm-hmm. in a huge way. Yeah, <laughs> like it's so it's so funny. Um, um, and the cat is so freaking cute, even when he's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I just I, I love that whenever the cat uh makes his turn I, to being evil. My favorite, and it's it's one of the you know full page uh illustrations is whenever the cat brings in the whatever the hell oh, it is yeah, yeah what a, that, like yeah otherworldly creature <laughs> and everybody everybody's kind of okay with it besides them going what the hell is that yeah yeah well and that's that's the thing that's kind of baffling sometimes about the junji stories is how quickly everybody's just kind of like well this is life Yep. Yep. This isn't peculiar at all. The, the cat just drug in this, um, you know, cosmic um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> entity. Like, yeah. Yeah. It is very peculiar. The next story for the fourth episode, uh, it's kind of, I don't think it's worth really going into too much. Yeah. It's um, uh, one of one of his older stories. I think it was probably from the 80s. Um so it's just him kind of experimenting around. Yeah, um, to, I, I also don't go too much into it because it's a very, it's very, very short. But yeah. it's also like the end of it's kind of crazy too. Yeah, like, um, like all of his stuff is. And of course, it's uh, where the Sandman lives. Yeah, as I said, it, it it's kind of a quiet story. It's very quiet compared, and I think that was the thing is like it opened with Soichi. Yeah, so you're already like laughing you're and having up. a great time, and yeah. then we have this kind of slow, somber story. Yeah, which I mean, the ending's cool, but I mean, it, it's just yeah, you know. So moving right along, <laughs> I, I wanted to take the time to, to talk about this one just because of the fact that it's one of the ones I've actually read. Yeah, and I'm wondering. I, it's another instance of man. I really wish that they had done this as either a, its own series, yeah, or as a f- few episodes because yeah. this this is like it's a big part. It's a short story collection yeah. that this comes from with the same character. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the thing that kind of like that definitely bugged me um, about it is the fact that like even though I'm like, hey, I've like I know this story. Yeah, I was like, oh, good. But I was like, well, shit, like this kind of sucks because this isn't going to get to the other aspects of of that character's arc. Yeah, that I liked. Yeah, because like while I do like this story. Um, this is another character that actually has a lot of humor to the stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is like one of the more serious ones in yeah. this collection. Yeah, because I would say that the um uh uh Oshakiri, uh he's he's kind of like a I could imagine him being a little bit more like friendly to Suichi, like because he gets into yeah. like the weird spooky stuff too. Yeah. He's just not mischievous unless we're talking about his alternate dimension self no (laughs) yeah then then mischievous isn't even the right word for that that's Uh, murderous yeah (laughs) i was gonna say he just gets in a lot of um unfortunate uh situations situations. (laughs) um so i think soichi would probably be like would follow him around oh yeah going "Ooh, what kind of trouble did you find today (laughs) you know but yeah so that story is intruder 
by the way. I don't think I said it. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Dang it, you just reminded me that we kind of forgot to mention uh, Soichi's voice acting. Which is, like, I loved. Yeah, it was pretty much the same Japanese and American, so good on that voice actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just had to put that note in there. Moving right along. Um, You know, again, like this episode, episode five, is you have Intruder and Long Hair in the Attic, which that story is... I like it fine. It, it's, it's fine. It's yet again another one of his uh, earlier stories. Yeah. Um, still definitely trying to get his uh, feet in the water, essentially. Yeah. So uh, I, I think it's between the, like episode five and episode six, because um, episode six is a uh, mold and library vision. These are two episodes that up until this point, you've had these kind of fun stories mixed in with macabre stories and stuff yeah and then these you've had two, a lot of heavy hitter stories yeah and then these two were i i just kind of lumped together as one they're thinkers yeah and they're they're not necessarily bad but they're they they drag like i remember like through episode six um i was kind of going god damn i gotta take a break <laughs> yeah uh episode six those aren't necessarily like my favorite stories mold and library vision um i like them well enough but they're definitely stories that just don't um capture my interest no when it comes to genji stuff um i mean five was good enough for me because i do i love oshikiri and um the long hair in the attic since like it's so well known to me. Uh, I liked seeing that on the screen. It's got a lot of good visuals. It, like, it does. It still doesn't hit quite as hard as the actual manga story, of course, with yeah. the visuals. But, like, the teeth grinding and yeah. the hair making the noise um, in the attic and stuff. Like, that was good. That was really good horror there. yeah. yeah. Mold and library vision, though, you're just there for a story, essentially. Yeah. Like, you're not really and getting they, scared they or don't anything. don't really take off. No, They're, no. Like, those shouldn't have been paired together um, because I think bec- since they're such kind of middle-of-the-road t- tales, yeah, yeah. it makes for a very long episode. And it's only, like, most of these episodes, by the way, I didn't even bring up the fact that the, the runtime for most is anywhere from 26 to 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 just 30 minutes mm-hmm. and like the episodes that are just the one story it's usually about 25 26 minutes maybe. right and um and there's some of them it's just like okay i got the story i don't need to go any longer right and it just keeps going <laughs> and, just keeps and going. going yeah <laughs> um so episode seven tomb town that one it's a it's a one story uh, episode it's a really interesting idea yeah. Um, it's almost like a monkey's paw situation, yeah. you know? Um, guy accidentally kills a girl while they're going into a town that happens to have some sort of tomb curse on it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's another one of those, like, it's the weird thing about Junji where everybody's just like, well, this is how it is. Yeah. Like, everybody's <laughs> like, yeah, wherever you die, you just kind of grow into a tombstone. And do not touch that body. Do not if, do if it. If you move that body, you're in for some trouble. And then they're, like, looking at the trunk going, Ear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, a, like, it's such a really unique idea. Um this one's one that I've I've now watched because I watched it when you were, you were giving it the the Japanese view. Yeah, I liked another one I that think, I, I think love. It was, it was it, way better. So much better the in voice, Japanese. The voice work of the the specter of the sister. Yes. was better in Japanese, and I think like that's when it comes to some of these episodes, the voice work. Um, when it comes to Japanese. Uh, voice artists they have a different range yeah they know when it's supposed to be somber yeah yeah um sometimes and and again it's not to knock the uh the american voice actors because a lot of them are very very talented but and we were talking about this prior to recording when it comes to voice acting is i think that this was a this was just a a voice actor mill i think i think that these people were just shoved into the booth say these lines move on to the next project and that right. was it i don't think there was especially because it's not like the series is 
the same characters every episode. It's it's these are one shots. Mm -hmm. And so there's no time for them to develop the voice for them. To, so they're just doing generic, you know, anime voices. Yeah. And, and it's it's disappointing because some of these characters require the depth. <laughs> the next one is uh, yet again, an iconic story uh, because we had a Junji Ito collection named after it at one point. Um, yeah. Layers of Fear, you know. I mean, a girl just essentially, her skin gets pulled back until chaos happens. Well, as I put it, uh, <laughs> despair is like an onion. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and uh, this one, is, again, it's another one of those stories from the outside looking in. You're just like, well, this is weird and, and, and very, very, very bizarre. But as somebody that kind of came from... A parental figure like yeah, and that's the mother in the story. The thing. I kind of identified and with this, it, and that's the thing is this. It's a very clever take on um on the traumas, like the layers, yeah, of of an individual from you know parental mm -hmm. uh, influence and all this stuff, and and and. Yeah, it's it's very very clever mm -hmm. um, from a lot of different angles. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so very good, loved it. I think the visuals were really gruesome. Yeah, like the concept <laughs> is gruesome. Um, and then the second story for this episode is the thing that drifted a sword, which is one of your favorite stories. It is one of my favorite short stories because it is. Um, one of Genji's works that's the closest to H.P. Lovecraft that I think that um, he can get. Yeah. Um, because it's very obviously influenced. Yeah. And my God, they just flubbed it up. <laughs> they just, um, they blew it. <laughs> they blew it. Um, I mean, I haven't seen this one in Japanese yet, so maybe it, it, the feel is better. But my God, the coloring, um, whenever all of the, you know, human parasites are coming out of the thing that drifted ashore, like they could have done that animation so much better. Ah, I was just so disappointed in seeing like my absolute favorite story get this treatment. <laughs> yeah. Um, as a viewer from the outside looking in, um, James said he felt like the <laughs> meme on TikTok right now with Nicolas Cage and Pedro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm Pedro, grinning it ear to ear. Yeah, um, and he's like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> yeah, and and, and, and and like I don't know. Of course, I've not read the story, and so I was just like, "Would this be better if it was longer?" Like if it took its time with it or like there's the, just there's just so uh, many facets to it that don't make that just don't work. Yeah. Like at all. Like because everybody's just so fucking cool with yeah. it. With yeah. what's the, this cosmic horror that is being unleashed in front of them. Yeah. And everyone's just like, huh, that's weird. Oh, these people look like the, the people that disappeared, <laughs> you know, ages ago. Yeah. Huh. Oh look, oh, well. that that's somebody I know. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> it was supposed to be way more horrifying. And, and the and the gooey, you know, parasite people are just fucking off too. Yeah, no I mean they do that. No one's stopping it though. <laughs> like everybody's just like, all right, well, that, hope they're getting a job. That happens yeah. in the story. Yeah, I just, because I I think that it's supposed to be they're migrating to the next. Yeah, but. It's such a ugh. like. Maybe this one shouldn't have been animated. There's like a whole narration underwater with the creature and whatnot, and they do that in this episode. But they just, it just looks goofy. It is. It's very, not yeah. horrifying yeah. like it's supposed to be. It's and horrifying I'm so in a different, sad. In a different way. <laughs> um, the next episode is another one that's kind of. It, it's it's not. It's not bad, but it's it, it's kind of it's if you know what it what it's a part of yeah because it's a tomie story yeah so then it's kind of baffling that they just kind of blew this one too yeah um okay i definitely do not like the american voice actor for tomie because she just sounds so plain yeah i'm supposed to believe that she's the most beautiful girl in well, japan also like, the 
the animation does not do the story justice. Oh, no. And, I mean, that happened with the first one, too, because we get a couple of chapters of Tomie for the OVA, essentially. Yeah. Um, but I really wish they hadn't went to this story next. Yeah. I really wish they would get to Littlefinger, because <laughs> that's my favorite Tomie story. But I just... <laughs> Yeah, I, I mentioned at the top of the episode that they didn't do the the photographs yeah. justice. Um, I don't know why they draw Tomie's horrifying look the way that they do. And like, arg, I'm well, just so frustrated. It's also, um, it's just such a, it's a weird story to tell because the fact that it's, whenever you're watching it, it's clear that things have already occurred. Mm-hmm. And also... It's very obvious that this isn't the end of the story. Oh well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and as a person, like I I know enough about Tommy to know that you know that mm-hmm. there's more to it and blah blah blah. And that's why I'm equally frustrated. Yeah, because this story is supposed to go into another one of my favorite Tomie stories, where she's in the plastic bag, and we do see her. Yeah. In the bag at the end, and I'm like. Oh my God! Why so didn't close. why didn't they do it? <laughs> yeah, and so um, I think if they hadn't have made, if they would have cut this one down, where mm-hmm. where it was just like, because they focused so much on Suki's, you know, side of things, and I'm uh-huh. sure, and, and it's it, you the, should the story is mostly her talking, yes, but but the thing is, is like because the fact that there's a whole other narrative. Mm-hmm. That's supposed that's supposed to be going on. There's an yeah. overarching story that you don't get a, anything of. Yeah, if you were just coming into this and watching this series with no knowledge of the previous animated series yeah. with the two Tomies already, you'd be like, okay, what what's going on here? Why is this one of Junji's like most popular tales? Yeah, because you what go... what do, what this girl's like. Yeah, because it's close enough that you'd be like, oh, I recognize that from Hot Topic t-shirts. Exactly. Why is this being sold? Yeah, because why is why this not the any big of the thing? Other stores? Why not ice cream, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, is, it is a weird choice. Yeah, because it doesn't focus on her enough. It doesn't yeah. focus on Tomie enough. Yeah, absolutely. And we don't get to the second half of the story in this series. Yeah, which what I, the fuck? Which makes me hope that maybe they're working on another kind of like they did with the last one where they have an OVA where it goes into the next stories. Right. Or maybe it'll get a second season out. Next up is um, episode ten, first story, unendurable labyrinth. Um, I don't really want to go into too much about this one. <laughs> Uh, the, this it's got, is... I think it's got some of the best art in it for the for the mm. show. Like I think they do some like good stuff with the monks. They they do some good stuff in this. Um, I I have a later episode that I actually want to talk about the animation on. Um, and then the next story, the bully, which they should have done good animation on to make it actually horrifying. I can't wait to watch this one in Japanese. Yeah, um, that like this one, and again, like I won't gloss over these because um, like the Labyrinth one, it's it's pretty like it's okay, um, <laughs> and then I think it's more style than substance, honestly. And then yeah, and then the bully is just plain and simple. Like it's 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 in the title. It it's about a a person that was a bully as a kid that grows up to become a bully. Like it, it's well, it's generational. It, it's generational cuz she bullies the boy, then she falls in love with the boy, marries the boy, has the boy's kid, then bullies the kid once the yeah. the dad is gone. Now, I want to <laughs> see like I want to see more of her after she snaps. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, in the story, all that we see is that last little bit of her yeah. in the costume. I need, to, I need to see her her journey after that. Like, <laughs> which they did that so wrong because in the in the freaking manga, she lo- she does look scary. Yeah, like when she puts on the kid garb, she yeah. looks scary. Yeah, she in this she just looks goofy. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, the next story, uh, next episode, episode eleven, uh, Allie. Um, I like this story. Yeah, it's a good, like, kind of classic uh, tale, if you ask me, yeah. you know, with 
haunted kids. Yeah, I, I, the whole time watching it, I was trying to think of I uh, of it reminded me of something else, and I couldn't put my finger on it. But mm-hmm. it's definitely it's a classic ghost story. Yeah, and and that's what I really like about it. Um, yeah, where the kids are essentially trying to get it figured out that yeah. they're buried out there and that this guy killed them and I think that if you're somebody that's kind of a fan of like something like uh Crimson Peak. Oh yeah. Or yeah. like if you like if you like ghost revenge stories. Very much up is, your alley. Yeah, this is a, a great uh, story. Um five next, stars. The next uh story in this episode is Headless Statue. Um I flipping love this story. <laughs> it's another early one from Junji too, so. And I think you can kind of tell. Like, yeah. You can kind of tell because I think a lot of his early ones are more just like scary concept. Scary yeah. concept. And then like his later ones are the ones that are just kind of like scary concept, but uh-huh. here's all this underlying. Like he figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, Headless Statue. um, I don't even want to talk about this one too much because I want people to actually watch because it's because first of all it kind of plays into my. Stuff. I was gonna say um, it's already kind of a little spooky for you. You know, as we mentioned, uh, as we mentioned in the phobias episode, like I have got to think about statues. Um, I think I've mentioned before that another thing that absolutely terrifies me is the idea of something being able to find me or chase me that shouldn't be able to. Oh yeah, yeah. Because like it's this. this because the person, the girl in the story ends up being chased around by headless statues trying to get her head. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. become headed. Yeah. Uh, um, I love, I, there's so many things about this one that I absolutely adore. I like, I, I like the way the statues are mm-hmm. um, fighting over yeah. the heads and stuff. Like there's just like, there, this is a perfect combination of horror and humor. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, this one, I think. Episode uh, 11 is, like, one of the best episodes of the entire season. Yeah. uh, It's almost like these uh, last two episodes might have been, like, the first on the production line. Yeah. Yeah, because the quality is a little bit better. The quality is a little bit better. Voice acting? Yeah. Seemed better, too, in these episodes. Um, Yeah. Because the next episode, um, of course, we already mentioned Soichi's uh, part. Yeah. He's the last... That you see in the series, yeah. which, hooray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the Whispering Woman is the first part of this episode, and they absolutely did this one right. Yeah, um, this is the only other one that I've read. Yes. And, um, and I was just like, this is, they did it. Yeah. They did it They perfect from, from page yep. to screen. Yep. Um, the full page illustration that they do in this story looks just as good on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Like they did it perfect, and um, it's one of my favorite stories because I identify <laughs> with uh, Mayumi so much. Yeah. I wish that I had a whispering woman to tell yeah. me what to do. <laughs> yeah, um, she uh, she is the ultimate Libra. <laughs> yes, yes, she just does not know what to do. Yeah, and it is it is just a it's a great. A great story. Now, it's not necessarily scary or anything. Um, it's it's like, just a little creepy. Yeah, it's it's like one of those episodes of Tales from the Dark Side or one of those yeah. where watch not, what you wish for. Essentially, yeah. yeah there's not a monster. Yeah. Necessarily, there's not. There's no. There's just, barely any supernatural element to it. Yeah, just something off-putting is yeah. happening. And, but it's also probably one of the best stories. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and I think it kind of speaks to. Um, the strength of Junji Ito's writing, mm-hmm. where he doesn't need to have a goofy gimmick like a floating head or or a weird creature or a creepy kid. Like some like sometimes the best writing is the most subtle mm-hmm. throughout, and this is the most subtle story. And the end of it is is unsettling. Yeah, you know. Um, how things turn out for her and... well and you as the reader are kind of left to your own devices on if if she's actually being haunted by the whispering woman or if she's kind of went off the deep end yeah yeah this could have been just her it could just be revenge for a friend yeah you know it, it's it's yeah there's a yeah. lot to it yeah and so yeah absolutely great it was it was definitely 
the journey, and I guess this will be a good way to segue into our closing thoughts um, mm-hmm. on the on the season. Yeah, because it was definitely a roller coaster for me as a huge Junji fan. Because there would be times where I would ease in and be like, "Okay, we're we're getting yeah we're getting what we need from this," mm-hmm. and then I'd have like episode light number six and be like oh god why did we make these decisions why did we put these two stories together you know just a lot of stuff like that (laughs) absolutely um i think that again absolutely worth a watch it is worth a watch and i think that because it ended so strong Mm -hmm. that it made me go Okay, I I want a second season of this. Yeah. Hopefully they do it better. Hopefully yeah. they choose better stories and maybe we get maybe we'll get the first half of the siblings. Maybe we'll get That would be so weird if we got the first chapter second, but but at least you can get a full picture. <laughs> yeah. Um they, like there's there's a little you know, maybe get maybe get Tommy's head in the bag, you know, and, and I, finger I, and all that. I need that part. It's <laughs> We got way too many stories to go before we get to Littlefinger, unfortunately. Yeah, but, yeah, but look at how much God. they care about things in order. I need <laughs> Littlefinger. Give me Littlefinger. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I think translated okay to screen from Junji's work. And then there's a lot of things that I don't know how else they could have done it or yeah or and there's some things i don't think they can do right yeah the i would say if you know nothing about genji do not start with the animations please for the love of god do not start with the animations because it's not going to do justice to the writing (laughs) no as as i said at the beginning like it's way too humor forward, mm-hmm. especially if you watch the dub. Yeah, it, it really is. It, it, it is a like we did watch some of the original uh, Junji Ito collection you know, years back whenever it come out. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I finished had, it. Yeah. And, and I mean, kind of had the same reaction to some of it, too. Yeah. It was just like a goddamn like these are weird animation choices and stuff. And yeah. And so I th- I don't know. Maybe it's just there needs to be a different studio because mm-hmm. um, here coming soon. Hopefully they hopefully it gets released <laughs> this year. Um, Uzumaki, the, yeah, yeah, the Uzumaki show that's coming out on Adult Swim looks perfect. It looks beautiful, and I know that he's been you know very very closely attached to it, working yeah. on it with the studio, and all the interviews that you see with the people that are working on the show, they are the first thing that they say is we're fans of his mm-hmm. stuff and mm-hmm. we we feel like he deserves all the attention that he needs. That's you know? what made me a little more, um, have a little more faith in that production. Yeah. Before I even saw any, like, of the animation, yeah. I was like, oh, these guys say that they're fans yeah. and they didn't like that first collection. Yes. Yeah. So that's a good start. <laughs> yes. Um, and so hopefully it does well. They they also are putting all the hash marks and stuff in. Like they're it is page to screen. Mm-hmm. It looks perfect. The yeah, little bit of animation good. that they've released, it, it looks great. And so yeah. hopefully maybe that um, will inspire another studio yeah. or inspire this current studio. Doubt it. <laughs> um, but I I hope that this that Uzumaki is successful enough mm-hmm. that um, maybe the studio gets to adapt whatever else that he has put out that the other one doesn't own the distribution rights for. Because so I think that's this is going to be the problem moving forward is whatever they didn't buy is going to be the leftovers. And so right. maybe maybe censor or you know one of those. I yeah. hope that the Uzumaki studio gets um, Frankenstein. Yeah, a good studio, if they decide to adapt his version of Frankenstein, needs to get that because it's you, too, it's so it's gritty. It's very gritty. Yeah, like the, <laughs> like it's 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 like the texture of it that. looks gross. Yeah, it and looks so like a gross story. <laughs> it has to it has to have a a, a very good animation. Studio. Yes, yes. Um, so I don't know, folks. If if you've watched the um uh, Junji Ito Maniac. Japanese tales of macabre. Uh, Junji Ito, the maniac. Maybe don't call him maniac. <laughs> yeah, he's just a nice guy. Junji Ito's 
Tales of the Macabre. <laughs> Easy. Simple. Sounds good. Come Sounds on. like one of his collections. Exactly. <laughs> Why not just name it after a collection? Right. Well, I, they had layers of fear in this. Yeah. They could have named it Genji Ito's layers, layers of, of fear. fear. Yeah. Mm. Well, well. <laughs> Museum of Terror, they could have yeah. named that, but I Yeah. Don't know. I'm hoping that the studio also doesn't get too much of the dissolving classroom, but obviously they're going to. And I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, and I'm mad about okay. that. Okay. For some reason, I think they could probably do dissolving classroom Maybe. well enough because it's humor for well, yeah and... maybe that's what they should have done instead they, they should have done yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so that brings us to the end of this episode um let us know what you think um and if there's any particular stories in here that you think that they did justice for like or, the whispering woman yeah like whispering woman or 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 if there's other ones that you're like well no wait a minute i think this one is worth like let us know um or if you feel the same way that the, that the studio needs to stop touching Junji stuff, <laughs> <laughs> um, reach out to us on our socials as usual. Please um, take the time to rate our show, share, like, subscribe, and all that stuff. I don't. I'm trying to get a little bit better about asking, you know, doing the call of action because of the fact that we, you know, we like seeing you out there, folks. We do. That brings us to the end of this episode. Up, up next, our next week's episode. I'm saying that as if we're about to record it. We're not. We're not. I promise. Or are we? Um, Now, our next episode, we're doing another deep dive into a modern horror icon. That's right. We're discussing another groovy ghoulie. Ooh. A cool ghoul. I was going to say, I thought it was a cool ghoul. It is a cool ghoul. I can't say groovy ghoulie. Um, That's a copyright Mm -mm. thing. (laughs) Um, So a cool ghoul, and that is Jordan Peele. Yeah. Like, um, kind of, we've been wanting to discuss um, what his influences are and kind of look at his career. Career, mm-hmm. starting with sketch comedy and moving on into being one of the best horror directors of our time yeah um you know let's let's we're gonna do some discussing yeah <laughs> let's do a little spotlight on the guy that's right that comes up next time until next time if you find yourself being annoyed by a little boy that likes to chew on nails making claims that There's ghosts in the attic and other eerie things going on. Stay patient. Humor the lad. Play along with his hijinks. And most importantly, you must stay spooky. Brains. Brains. Bye. You've been listening to Podcast Magoria with Autumn and James, starring Autumn Campbell and James Davis, produced by Taryn Westphal, with music by James Davis. Like what you heard? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for posts related to Podcast Magoria Productions. And as always, stay spooky. Mm-hmm. <laughs>